0: why you want to have a physical buyer to let over a read. You know, as I said earlier, there are many uh, reasons why someone would want to own hard real estate and, you know, own it outright for themselves and, you know, they want that control um, and that kind of stuff. That, that's absolutely fine if, you know, it's something you have a plan for it and you're and you're doing it very wisely. That's that's absolutely fine. But chances are a lot of people may do that out of ego. Mm. Right.
1: Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you today? Yes, 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 Peter. I'm doing
0: very well. Uh, We are coming towards the end of February. The year is going by so fast, but I'm very much looking forward to spring, man. I'm very much looking forward to the flowers coming out, the sun coming out. Come on. Come on, come on, come
1: on. You're right, man. Time's going so fast. Ten months left of the year already just like that. How is everyone doing with their New Year's resolutions, man? How far are you in? Um, have some of you given up? Are some of you still striving on, man? Um, All the best if you are still striving on. Um, and yeah, just a massive shout out to our listeners, wherever you are in the world. Keep supporting us. Keep doing what you have been doing. Um, Yeah, man, we recognize you, man. And also, Jax, normally we give a shout out to where we get new listeners Um, quite late in the episode. We're actually going to give a shout out right now, actually, because we've had a massive influx from um, a particular city and we do want to just pay a bit of homage and this city and this area Jax is from Stockport in Manchester.
0: Oh nice well when I first hear of Manchester I think of Manchester United uh, the best team in the world the best football team <laughs> yeah. in the world. <laughs> Welcome to the Work Finance podcast you are here with myself Jax uh, and you're also here with Peter on this podcast we talk about all things finance and all things finance related and if you want to know more about what we do because Work Finance is more than a podcast can head over to ww.wokefinance.co.uk. That's ww.wokefinance.co.uk. And if you want to engage with us on socials, we are predominantly on Instagram and LinkedIn. So if you just search for woke finance, you are sure to find us. But I hope you are um gaining tons of value from our previous episodes and you're looking forward to this episode too. Come on, come on, come on.
1: Massive shout out to our listeners over there and to our listeners all over the world. Keep tuning in with us, man. Let us know the type of episodes. Um, you've been enjoying and the different topics that you want to discuss um and tend to enjoy and love uh listening to as well. Now, talking of love, we're going back to our first I'll I'll say in terms of you know what we love about finance, I'll definitely say one of our big things is around investing, Jacks. So this episode is gonna be um on that actually. And in particular, we're gonna be talking about uh REITs. Um, and we've mentioned wheat's briefly um on various other episodes, but we've never actually done a detailed episode on wheat's before. Um, Jax, for the listener that's just hearing the word REITs, what on earth is that? What does that <laughs> stand for, man?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean REITS, I think the first thing to say is REITS is not a word per se, but it is an acronym. <laughs> so um, it's spelled R-E-I-T-S um, and those stand for Real Estate Investment Trusts. So essentially these are assets, they are, they stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts, they are ass- assets that essentially allow individuals to invest in real estate without having to actually do the buy-to-let process themselves. Um, you know, we know here that in the UK, when we are investing in property, buy-to-lets and that kind of stuff, rental income, we generally have to come up with a large um, amount of capital. And that's our kind of deposit here in the UK is between 20 and 25%. And I believe it's quite similar in, in the U.S., and then we can get out a mortgage. Usually people go for what we call an interest-only mortgage, okay. um, a bad to mortgage. And then you can actually start investing in, in bad-to-let businesses. But um, I don't know about you, but it's not easy mm. to come up with such a huge sum. And of course, uh, if you're buying a bad-to-let and getting a mortgage often, even if you buy it through a business structure, which is the most common way to invest in um, bad-to-let properties in the UK, um, you probably have to be a guarantor of that loan as well. So there is still going to be checks on you as an individual. So it's not that easy for the everyday person to, um, you know, get into this game of of investing in real estate. But with REITs, which I believe the first REIT came in the 60s, 1960, it allows you to actually buy a piece of a business. So REITs are structured as investment trusts, which essentially means they're a business that kind of operates as a fund as well. Let me explain. It's a business that will pool investors' money, right? So you can invest in it, Peter. I can invest in it. Um, all our new listeners and stock Stockport can invest in it. And essentially, the business will use that as their capital to invest in rental income producing real estate, right? And it can only invest in real estate. That is the purpose of that business. And as you are an investor in that REIT, right because you've provided capital you have an entitlement to the profits which is the rental income and that comes to you in the form of dividends and that is the most exciting thing about REITs relative to other asset classes and it says that yes it almost behaves as equities it kind of is an equity it is shares but you're buying into a business um, or an asset class that has been proven to be quite a a good asset over time, which is real estate, and you're able to get it at a much cheaper price. And so the barriers to entry are much lower now. And now you and I and everybody listening to this episode can actually gain exposure to um, real estate.
1: I love that. I love that. Um, And, you know, for the person that um, does have buy-to-let properties or is interested in um, putting their money into buy-to-let properties and they might look at REITs, okay, this might be a way to invest it um into and their money into a REIT and um, but they might say but that's not the same as having my own buy to let property I don't actually own any property how true is that statement if you actually put your money into
0: REITs well it's it's semi-true in a sense that you know you don't own all the property right and to be fair you don't own all the property if you do to it mm. anyway because you use a mortgage but mm. they are right in the sense that they do not control all the property right Uh, so the property is not purely in their name what they've done is they've pulled uh their capital with other investors and they have a piece of real estate right so i think the key thing is to really understand the pros and cons of this right um when you are someone who you know is invested in a single property you absorb all the risk Mm. right you take on all the risk you take on all the risk and if something goes wrong and if the boiler breaks you have to cough up the money to sort it out as i said earlier the barriers to enter quite high um and, and 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 you know if you wanted to i mentioned it in one of our episodes i was talking about one of the costs of property being you know uh, or, or title or, or that kind of stuff being liquidity issues right you can't just convert property into cash very very quickly it often takes some time it can take three months it can take six months it can take even over a year sometimes to sell out of a property and to convert that back into cash and to to really realize those capital gains however when you buy into REITs which stands for real estate investment trusts again you still have exposure to the asset class however you can decide to sell some of your shares and realize that as money also, by pooling your money with other investors, the second thing is you spread your risk and you benefit from that economies of scale. By buying into a REIT, you're not just owning a piece of one uh, property, but you own a piece of a variety, a diversified portfolio of different properties, right? And the other thing to really consider is that REITs pay a dividend and dividends can be paid in a very tax-efficient manner if it's done um, through, let's say, in the UK, we've got like a stocks and shares ISA, right? And in, in America, you've got IRAs where you can actually generate returns and not have to pay tax. Okay, so, so there are many, many benefits of actually investing in REITs over actually just being someone who buys your own property. But of course, the reason why you buy a REITs could be, and probably be, probably would be different from trying to, um, you know, buy a single. Buy to let property. For example, I'm not rambling on, but let me let me continue. Now, this is really useful, man.
1: I'm a yeah. big fan of REITs, man. It's important we take a deep dive into why <laughs> they're so
0: attractive as well. Yeah. The, the truth of the matter is people invest in REITs because they don't want to just own one property. Mm. Right? Or they don't want to absorb all the risk. But very importantly, this is where um the distinguished really ha- really happens, is people are willing to outsource the management and the sourcing of the properties to uh, managers and CEOs who have experience doing that. Okay, so remember when you buy a REIT, you're buying into a business and there are people in that business who are working for you because you are a shareholder. These people are skilled, they are qualified and they they are experienced in the business of real estate. And you get to benefit from that business Alongside benefiting benefiting from the diversification and the ease of entry and the dividend too, so these are some of the attractions of REITs, and that's why they have become so popular as investment vehicles over the long term.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that. Let's definitely take a bit more of a deeper dive into, you know, um, why they are uh, so attractive as well. But before we do that, Jax, um, and you. Follow me here and do correct me where I might be wrong as well. So in terms of like real life examples, let's say you have um, buildings all over, not just the UK, but in America, all over the world. Um, Let's say Sainsbury's, which is, you know, well known, um, Target, all these food retail stores all over the world. One real real estate trust might own these buildings in the sense that they will, in the sense that they would um rent it out to a Sainsbury's or a Target, and that's how they will make their their money. Is that a a good example of how a REIT might work from an operational level?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. It's very simple, right? Um, most businesses that have stores, um, or have have offices, um, or have any form of real estate that they need to. Um, existing in order to run their business often will have a landlord Mm. right so most often they will not have they they may not own the actual property themselves but they will have a landlord for which they have a lease with okay so so the example you've just given is very true that a lot lot of supermarkets um, here in the UK have a landlord right Um, in fact uh, (laughs) I actually own a REIT that is a landlord to Tesco's for example Mm. to many Tesco's okay Um, and, 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 you know, whether we're talking about, you know, supermarkets or whether we're talking about office spaces, whether we're talking about, you know, huge shopping centers, um, basically any form of real estate that you've seen, especially commercial real estate is often owned uh, by a REIT, um, or of course another, um, property company, but REITs do own a large share of property around the world.
1: Love that. Love that. And you obviously get different types of REITs that might specialise in different sectors in terms of the types of buildings that they own as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you have office REITs. Mm-hmm. You've got you know, uh, REITs that are like warehouses. Yeah. You've got REITs that can be even even more specialised um, in terms of things like um, cell towers or, or data centres. So REITs, REITs in itself as an asset class can have a lot of different industries um and and in those industries can behave quite differently as well so it is a very very interesting field um to learn about and to obviously in my opinion people should start thinking about how they can you know add a few reads to their portfolio
1: i love it i love it It really allows you to have exposure to to property in in a more simplistic way than going through the standard buy to let um Process. But even on that, Jax, in terms of um, an asset class as well, um, the way that one one of the ways that one might buy a, a REIT is through the same way we might buy stocks and shares. So, are REITs, stocks, and shares or are different. Are they a different asset cl- class um, in terms of equities altogether? How does
0: that work? Yeah. So, so okay, they behave very similarly to equities or stocks and shares, which are all the same thing but REITs are structured as investment trusts. Mm. So investment trusts are, are different from equities or are different from stocks. They are very similar to what we call ETFs, right? Or, or mutual funds. So we know mutual funds, as we've described in previous episodes, are a collective of different assets, um, a pool of different assets run by a fund manager, okay? And a fund manager can decide to invest in different shares and different companies for that fund and for the shareholders and the unit holders of that fund. But REITs, or even before we get to REITs, just investment trusts generally, they are companies, right? They are companies and not funds, okay? They are companies similarly to equities, but what makes them very, very, very different is their structure, is their capital structure, is um, how the, you know, the rules they have to abide by. So specifically, when we're talking about REITs, REITs have to pay 90% of their income and profits to shareholders in a form of dividends. Um, and that's specific to REITs. In, to have that title of a real estate investment trust, you have to abide by this, okay? But of course, why would they need to do that? Why why, why is that something that anybody, why, why would any company subscribe to this um, idea of paying 90% of their profits? Well, it's because if they do that, as a REIT, they don't have to pay corporation tax. Hmm. And that's what makes it very exciting. And for me, that's what makes it exciting for shareholders because you now know that you are um, a, a beneficiary of the profits and the income that, that, that REIT generates.
1: Love that. Love that. Now, we obviously mentioned they behave in a similar way as to, you know, um in when well, not behave, but in terms of having exposure to them, um, it's quite similar to the way we might be exposed to stocks and shares. So is that a, in terms of if I wanted to put my money and buy a REIT, will they be in the same places that I'll buy stocks and shares
0: essentially? Yeah, generally, yes, absolutely. Generally, if you are using a platform to buy stocks and shares, Um, there's a high chance that you will have the same opportunity to buy REITs. Um, In fact, the thing about REITs, as I said, it's not, not, even though it behaves as a fund, it is actually a company, right? So it is traded. It is is a tradable security, which is different from mutual funds and index funds. Mm. And so you can even find in, in some mutual funds and index funds that REITs exist in those funds because again, they are companies. Right. Um, And in terms of their risk characteristics and uh, how they behave in terms of how they respond to market movements and and sentiment and economic cycles, they are very similar to to equities in a sense that, you know, REITs, you know, if equities are generally going down for whatever reason, let's say interest rates are going up, REITs Mm -hmm. will suffer from that too. Right. Mm -hmm. In fact, if we're talking specifically of interest rates, REITs are probably more likely to suffer more in terms of the price of the REITs going down, specifically the price, than than some other equities because REITs are real estate investment trusts. They are real estate investments. And the way these investment trusts work is they can borrow too. Mm. And in fact, they do borrow, right? It's quite common uh, for REITs to, you know, take out basically a mortgage too. Right? And really leverage and, and get the benefits of actually buying a well-diversified portfolio of, of, of REITs as well. Oh, sorry, of, of property as well. So, yes, these companies do borrow. And that's why they're structured as investment trusts. Because the investment trusts are allowed to borrow. Mm. Whereas uh, a lot of mutual funds uh, follow something called USITS rules. And I'm not going to go into that. But just, just know that they have certain rules that allow them to not really... be be leveraged or geared in in other words right or there's a very high limit on how much they can be geared whereas REITs they can they can borrow they have the opportunity to borrow just like any company can borrow and that makes them very exciting um, businesses and and an exciting asset class especially when things are going well in the economy so REITs have had periods when they've actually performed outperformed different assets in periods where the economy was doing well Mm.
1: Now, I don't know if this is a good thing, but you mentioned they must pay at least ninety percent of their income as dividends to shareholders. Does that mean that, in terms of turmoil, we've seen companies stop their dividends, but can ReITs do that or do? they have or do they always have to make sure that they are paying out their dividends?
0: well, it's 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 I think the way to look at it is they have to pay ninety percent of their profits. Mm. right so if, if if in terms of of turmoil then the chances are they're not as profitable as they they used to be right mm. but again to qualify as as a REIT you have to pay 90% of your profits
1: understood understood now yeah and I, because um I, I was gonna ask does that in terms of looking at risk does that pose a risk to these companies in terms of the need to always perform and do as REITs usually do which is Pay out their profits and dividends if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying. So of course that's why you you uh you know you would hope that the manager of the REIT is very skilled in you know how they maneuver the portfolio. So mm. you know um they, they they have the opportunity to pay down debt with what's left if they wanted to. So as mm. you know, it, you may you may get a uh, a REIT manager who decides that they want to completely leverage up, you know, and increase the LTVs to like. which is extremely high, right? Mm -hmm. You know, most will probably go up to 70, ideally, right? So within the investment trust itself, there is management that needs to take place. Um, And so, yes, whilst 90% of profits are paid as um, Mm -hmm. dividends, there is still that 10% that can uh, be used for different things. That 10% can be used to, uh, it can be just kept as cash, right? Right? So I believe businesses also should have emergency funds, Right? Um. So let's so does that. Um. They can use that to pay down debt, right? So again, reducing that loan to value, reducing basically their mortgages over the course of the time. So you, ideally, you want a good REIT manager that knows how to allocate capital efficiently at the different stages of the economic cycle. What that means is, you know, when 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 things are great, they don't get too excited and get too leveraged, right? Actually, when things are great, they use a proportion of those profits to pay down debt for example, or they use a proportion to save as cash. But it's also important to understand that uh, investment trusts um, can continue borrowing, right? So they can borrow themselves out of trouble as well, Mm. right? So, you know, uh, a lot of them will have something called an RCF, a revolving line of credit, basically, or revolving credit facility, that's the word. Um, Mm. And they can actually borrow from this as well. So um, again, this is what can make risk attractive to some people, but it does come with this risk
1: love that love that um going back to and and I think Jacks, we might need to do an episode one day now that we've introduced the topics of REITs we might need to do an episode of REITs versus buy to let uh, absolutely in, investment as well but on that actually and this is just a mindset question for someone um thinking i much rather say to myself and to other people I have five investment properties in my portfolio versus investing in real estate okay. just that not taking anything else into consideration risk pros and that what do you say to that mindset
0: Well, I mean, a lot, a lot,
1: it's a bad thing or a good thing that's what i'm asking
0: yeah i mean look it depends on your goals and what you're trying to achieve and and why you want to have a physical buy to let over a read. you know as i said earlier there are many uh, reasons why someone would want to own hard real estate and you know own it outright for themselves, and you know they want that control um and that kind of stuff that that's absolutely fine if you know it's something you have a plan for it and you're and you're doing it very wisely that's that's absolutely fine. But chances are a lot of people may do that out of ego, mm. right so so it, it is common for people to you know, lever up really high and, and do things where they buy one property, then they, they, they refinance and they buy another one and the refinance. And, and that could work well during good uh, market conditions. And it can work really well during um, situations where the economy is booming and that kind of stuff. But you have to be very careful because it's also very common. And I've seen it happen, especially over the past couple of years, where people have leveled up so highly, have taken on so much risk, and risk was paying off in a good economic environment. And then as soon as the market sentiment changes, now you are faced with extreme leverage um, and now interest rates on your mortgages are so high that you're not making any profit on your, on your bad tillers. And some people are even going into costs and now they are having to sell that property. And like I was saying earlier, selling property is not that easy. Not everybody wants your property and, and it doesn't happen that quickly. Uh, it could take a month, it could take three months, it could take six months, it can take years for some people. So I think the key thing is to have a plan. But I think one of the reasons why we start World Finance and why, why we started this podcast um, and my personal passions is to really get people educated and to get people informed. And the key thing is to make informed decisions and, and decisions that are actually your own. When you understand all the pros and all the cons of decisions you understand that you know having a hard buy-to-let, single battle comes with risk um it comes with reward hey you have more order control but hey you have to jump you back yourself as well um you know if you make a mistake that mistake is costly um, and it's hard to come out of and that kind of stuff but hey if, if you really love property and you want to get your hand stuck in and uh you think you're willing to do all the, the, the education and all the work, then so be it. But then you have to do the you know the opportunity to cost analysis and say, well, could I have invested in more liquid assets that allows me to be more diversified, that also allows me to have a um you know someone who's actually got more experience than than I do, actually manage that portfolio on my behalf. And yes, I might just get a six percent yield, seven percent yield, five percent yield or whatever. But I'm able to diversify across a whole bunch of different assets and build my wealth over the long term compound my returns over the long term and I could do it in a very tax efficient way too mm. and then when you compare both these things together in a fair manner doing the you know the the pros and the cons and then you know the the cost and the benefit analysis then you can make a decision and then it's really up to you
1: hmm. I love this I really do um we've spoken briefly about you know how we can uh, buy REITs so let's go into a bit more detail on that Um, yeah w- where do we go about the different types of REITs as well Um, yeah how, how does one right now yeah. who's gassed up heard this episode <laughs> uh, feels informed but wants to think, figure out how to actually start buying REITs yeah
0: I think the first thing to know is that you can buy REITs extremely cheaply Um, in fact you can buy REITs with simple, as, as little as like 10 pounds nowadays really because of the trading apps, the non-commission trading apps that allows you to do fractional investing, so you can buy cheap, cheap, uh, REITs extremely cheaply. Just just wanted to put that out there first. But you know, like most uh financial assets, there are different ways of buying it. And um, my first way, or the way that I think most people should consider buying these type of assets, is to uh, buy it in a collective uh, investment fund. So you can buy REITs through index funds right? You can buy REITs through mutual funds. Essentially, you can buy a mutual fund or an index fund that focuses purely on just investing in real estate investment trusts. That is possible, okay? And that allows you to have exposure to hundreds of different real estate investment trusts. And of course, that gives you even further diversification. That is an extremely diversified portfolio because each individual REIT itself, um, has a variety of different properties in their own portfolios, right? So that's one way you can do it. The second way is you would have to uh, do some research, right? And you could, in terms of doing the research, you can start off thinking about uh, places that you go and just being mindful and opening your eyes and say, hey, I shop at like this supermarket. I wonder who owns this building. Um, you go to a shop. Oh, I've gone to Boots today. I wonder who own- owns this building it probably isn't Boots. it might be someone else oh I shop at Amazon every day I wonder who owns the actual warehouses and stuff like that okay there are actual REITs that own these properties and you can actually start gaining exposure into those assets because chances are if Amazon for example this is just for example sake continues to be a good business and grows I want to you know you know continue growing and have more warehouses then the landlord which is called a company called Prologis, would be very well too okay um so that's that's some another way you can start thinking and of course you can start learning about it there is a website that i can guide people on um actually guide people to go and look at it it's called um, if you just type in REIT.com, you'll be able to find it. But the website's called NarEIT, N-A-R-E-I-T. And you can learn a lot about REITs on that website. If I would encourage uh, people to actually go on the website and have a read to learn more about what REITs are. Um, and you'll probably come across the fact that there are different types of REITs. On this episode, we've spoke, we focus more on equity REITs rather than mortgage REITs. So that, so that there are mortgage REITs out there as well which i'll reach that focus on actually getting more like providing mortgages but we're purely talking about equity rates in this in this episode which is um the actual landlords
1: love that and we'll put the link uh to that website in the description as well like, love it love it love it man Niles, no, really good to just take a bit of a deep dive into REITs as well and um, for our listeners if you do have any Questions about what you've heard. Um, do the usual, man. Just get in touch with us. Um, this is just the beginning on this particular topic, and as I said, there will be a few more episodes um, linking to this as well. But Jacks, any final thoughts or comments on REITs before I let you go?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the first thing is to understand that you know the the, the the reason why you you would be investing in REITs is not the same reason why you would invest in a growth company like I don't know, like, like Facebook or Meta now mm-hmm. it's called. Um, you would invest in it for its passive income. You would invest in it for the income that it throws off, knowing that it's often a higher yielding um, asset. So, you know, it's not something that you you can flip your money in, 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 in such a short space of time. It's something that you will invest in. And probably when you first invest, the income you would receive will not be very impactful, right? But I'll tell you the truth. The first time I received a dividend, um, something switched in my brain which made it very clear to me that as long as I was able to follow the path of um, spending less than what I earn and saving in, and investing into income producing assets I can actually produce passive income mm-hmm. and if I can do this consistently over a long period of time in assets like REITs, one day that income that it falls off will actually pay for my lifestyle and REITs are a very good asset class in actually generating that passive income. So that's why you would be investing in it. I think it is clear for people to really understand that. You would not invest in it for growth per se, even though you can get amazing growth, but you would be investing in it for that income.
1: That's so important. and. I'm- yeah, so important. We always tell people when you're investing, you want to think about your time horizon, your risk tolerance and your objective. So if your objective is to invest for income at some point, then REITs is a great way. Um, we actually do have an episode where we go into detail around investing for income. That's episode 28 and 29. So do check that out. Remind yourself of the importance of that if it's of interest um, as well. But now, so that makes perfect sense. Um, it's definitely been good um, introducing... Um, um, this topic, I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation, man. Um, so thank you very much for that, Jax. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, for our listeners, as ever, remember all, stay well.